welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back. Did you miss us? We missed you. We really, really did. Um, We needed a girl rest. We've had our girl rest after an absolutely enormous Women's World Cup, but we're back. We're talking dub. The A-League women's season starts this weekend and we're very, very excited. But obviously, if that's starting, that means we need to do a preview pod. So that is what today's episode is. And we cannot wait to go through all of the teams this enormous season. We now have full home and away, 12 12 teams, the return of the Mariners, all of these Matildas are back, all of these fantastic players are back. There's just a lot to talk about and we absolutely cannot wait to talk about all of it. So before we get into the preview, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wandry and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's preview episode, you've got me, Marissa Lordanic, Sam Lewis, Anna Harrington and Angela Christian Wilkes. So friends, like I said, it's the biggest season of dub ever, which means this is the biggest preview episode of The Far Post ever. Like, that's how that works. Um, obviously, we've each been assigned teams, so we're all going to talk about a few teams each. We let a spinny wheel, a random generator on the internet, decide which team each of us got to talk about. Um, and we're going to let the spinny wheel decide which team we talk about in what order. So. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Um, and we absolutely can't wait. Angela has already flagged an issue. What have I done wrong? Do we have a time limit? We Did never, we discuss a time definitely. limit? We never decided a time limit. I reckon two minutes. Two minutes? We can do two, two minutes. minutes. Excellent. All right. All right. You will get two well, minutes well, worth of content you... <laughs> on each We need like a spray bottle. Um, I will simply... But I don't know how that would work virtually. I would just like everyone listening to the pod to know that if I had the time instead of the spinning wheel or the end of the spinning wheel would be replaced with the graphic of my new favourite GIF in the world, which breaking this morning, uh, the advertising boards <laughs> at Manchester United. Um, have a look on Twitter. Claire Hunt's made a, came on as an injury substitute for PSG in the Champions League. It's a PSG Champions League debut, uh, club and league debut. And <laughs> she's in a challenge for the ball. And she has just been sent absolutely flying uh, into the board, over it, flattens it. Reliable source, a friend of the board, Amy Rusky, has just informed me it took eight men to try and fix it. (laughs) So, (laughs) breaking. She's truly huge and enormous. Amazing. (laughs) She wasn't done flattening people yet. (laughs) Just picking up where she left off. Um, She's she's not a Western Sydney Wanderers um, this season. So... Yes, had I the opportunity, the skill, the talent, etc., oh, the time, God. I would be doing some sort of animation around this. And instead, I'm going to need to do someone someone to fix up that clip to the, the start of um, Smash Mouth All-Star, just to <laughs> the somebody bit. Uh, if someone can do that for me, I'm very grateful. If you can do that while you're listening. Oh, that's to gone it. straight to the top of the to-do list for today. Oh, I've got so much work God. to do, but yes. She's bigger than the bar. Anyway, everyone please. look at that clip. Yeah, please do. Um, but, yeah, I will instead just play the timer on my phone, unfortunately, and you can all just picture Claire Hunt barreling into some advertising hoardings when you hear my alarm to signify the end of the two minutes. But um, also the um, 
Claire Hunt playing in Champions League lets you know that we are recording on a Wednesday morning. So we might, you might be listening and we might have missed something because as we all know, sometimes there are still last minute signings, nuggets, things of that nature in the dub. So this is a Wednesday morning record, the 11th of October. So don't yell at us if we've missed something. We're not time travellers, basically. Um, All right, let's spin the wheel for the first time, shall we? Wheel of dub, wheel of dub, wheel of dub. Wheel of dub, wheel of dub. Also, I love that even though we did the spinny wheel in a kind of the, like the most possible randomised sort of system of, of assigning teams, I still got Sydney and Western Sydney. I don't understand how this happened because <laughs> those are the teams that I, get, I have to take anyway, usually when we do these preview episodes. Anyway, we'll see how this spinny wheel goes. The wheel knows, apparently. Um, but the wheel has decided that Brisbane Raw is the first team and I was assigned Brisbane Raw. So strap yourselves in. But let me set up my timer first because... Pause. All right, I'm ready now. Let's do it. Timer is on. I'm talking about Brisbane Raw. Let's go. So it's been two years since Brisbane played finals. And basically the question for this team heading into the season is, do they have the squad to actually return to finals? Has anything kind of changed or developed enough for them to be playing finals once again? I don't no. Like, obviously, there are some real positives about this Brisbane Raw side, and I would argue none is bigger than the return of Tamika Yollop. Like, she is absolutely the kind of player you want to have at your disposal. I'm really excited that we also get to watch club-level Tamika Yollop again, because I think long-term uh, W-League, A-League women's fans know that Yollop at club level is just different gravy because she has a lot more kind of creative freedom. She's a lot allowed to roam up forward a lot more and she kind of gets on the ends of things. She scores goals. She's really, really fun to watch. So I'm really excited that we get to see Tamika Yollop again. Marielle Heck is back from her ACL injury. So that's another positive in the kind of offensive column, the attacking column. Offensive, so American of me. Um, Jenna McCormick is also back, so that's a nice little addition to the defensive line. But like I said, my big question over the Roar is just like, has anything sort of changed? Has enough happened for them to actually play finals? And I think the other thing is, yes, Yolop is a really good inclusion. Yes, Hecker is a really good um, and welcome return in terms of um, things happening up forward. I'm not sure where their goals are going to come from at the moment because they lost Larissa Crummer last season. And even though she wasn't scoring a heap, she still is a goal-scoring threat. They've lost Shay Connors to Sydney FC and her second half of the season in particular was just sensational. So that's a really huge loss of goals. And obviously we know there's no Katrina Gorey either this season. So those three players... Well, two minutes is not a lot of time, guys. Wow. <laughs> Basically, those three players that I just mentioned accounted for 13 of Brisbane's 16 goals last season. So they need to find other goal scorers is my conclusion. I don't think they're going to make finals, um, but I am hoping for some improvement from Brisbane Raw. That's a very friendly alarm. Yeah, it's it's pleasant. It's not trying to scare you. It's just um, cheery, cheerful. I thought you'd go for the full, like, air raid alarm almost. So, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Guys, you saw me. I literally didn't. That's what she's got for you, Sam. (laughs) 
for you, want to calm myself down. For you, I've just got me going, stop talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any any other thoughts on Brisbane Raw, just like really quickly? Are we all kind of in agreement okay. that it's like, yeah, but not really? I agree. I agree. I'd like to see how um, Chelsea Blissett goes. She mostly yes, got used massively. a little bit as a winger for Melbourne City late yeah. on. I think she's a more natural defender um, and obviously has been behind a lot of really good defenders at City for the past few years. So, yeah, I think that's exciting. Mario Hooker coming back from injury um, is good. And uh, it does feel like Holly Palmer's still got another level to go to. So hopefully playing alongside Yolop and Norris had a couple of solid seasons can get the best out of her. That's my vibes. Love the vibes. Good vibes. Let us return to the wheel. The wheel has selected Melbourne Victory. Angela, you were assigned Melbourne Victory, so talk to us about Victory's season coming up. Yeah, and like Sam was saying earlier, I got Victory, Canberra, and I think, who was the other one? I don't know. I, I, I lucked out with the Wheel of Fortune initially. So, um, yes, get to nuff it up right now. Victory, I'm really excited for Victory this season. Um, they've been making moves in the off-season. They've got a lot of um, familiar Tilly's names coming in, which is going to be exciting. Uh, it, it almost feels like we've gone back to, like, 2016 almost with this, this squad. We've got Lids in goals, which is um, a big get, especially – with Dumont, uh, we're not really sure what Casey Dumont's doing, but she's not at victory. Um, she's playing her trade in the AFLW last we heard. We've got um, Kayla Morrison coming back. She's not a Tilly, but we are hoping one day. Uh, KK is back from injury and hopefully can put in a really good shift this season. She was kind of had, she was doing okay, but yeah, kind of lost momentum and obviously wasn't able to come back towards the end of the season, which was unfortunate. And also I will say, I think the really nice thing about this victory side is this season feels like we're going to see the kind of pay off of the investment of the past few seasons um, in terms of players like Alana Murphy, uh, Ava Breedis. Uh, hopefully I am, um, I don't think she'll be like a core player, but she'll definitely, I think be getting more time on the field. Um, a really exciting local signing, I guess local, um, Okino, who's coming in from um, the Victorian Premier League. She was their top goal scorer by 31 goals, which is the second goal scorer in the league was on 15. So she's obviously got prowess, but the big question is going to be, is it going to translate, taking it to that next level? Um, and yeah, a lot of the old greats as well. We've got Leah Privatelli coming back in. Um yeah, I think a lot of usually when we preview victory, I'm like, there's always some kind of area of patchiness that makes me a little bit stressed. But I do think this is a really balanced squad. Dun, dun, dun. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. So, oh, how could I forget Gilnick? Another Tilly coming back in, fantastic. Um, yeah. So I would say the question we had for victory: Can they balance the old and the new? And I would say yes. I think um, there is like and. Oh, there's so many good names. I could just, I'm basically just listing their squad, but I think it's a really exciting squad. And I do think um, if they can hit the ground running, they'll make top four. And the other, sorry, I know just one last thing. Other seasons, like last season, they were basically clinging on by a thread mm. and that thread was Alex Chudiak. I don't see that happening with this squad this season. I don't think they're going to be that dependent on like one key player to kind of hold it all together. So 
well done, Jeff. You and team, you've done great. I just have one thought on victory quickly. I think <clears throat> they're a team that will really benefit from the extended season mm-hmm. um, because I think it will take a little bit of time for them to hit their straps with so much change and turnover. Um, finding chemistry will be will be a big thing for them. So how they settle there, I like um, their back four. <clears throat> I think Emma Check is a good inclusion. Um, but Rachel Lowe is a player who really excites me. Um, she's hit good preseason form as has Beatty Goad. And yeah, we know she built into her season with Sydney last year. And I think is a, a really exciting attacking recruit and can hopefully provide that link between midfield and attack that I think, as you sort of mentioned, Angela, they they missed at times last year. Yep. <laughs> Was it, are you just like, I'm sad Rachel Lowe has gone to victory? Um, well, I'm like, y- yes and no. Um, I think Sydney's, uh, I mean, I'll talk about it when I do my preview, but I, I think the really good thing about victory and it's it, it does contrast in some ways to last season is that they're almost overstocked in midfield now. Like it doesn't feel like they're going to be completely falling apart with a loss of one player, you know, and maybe that's a lesson that Jeff learned from last season where a Chidiac kind of wasn't available and all of a sudden it, it didn't, it just didn't work anymore. Um, so that's, that's great. And I do think Rachel Lowe um, has not really been given the, the, the run that she perhaps deserves given her talent, um, particularly not at Sydney. So I'm, I'm hoping that Jeff Hopkins gives her a real crack. Um, but at the same time, like, who do you, who do you make room, you know, how do you, how do you balance all this sort of stuff? I think that's another big question for them. I will say one thing that they got wrong victory the filter they used for the signing announcements people were messaging me about that filter uh I would just say go look it up but it's very funny when you look at the news section of their website because it's like new signing oil slick filter new signing new signing and then it's like black and white Melina Ayres is dead RIP <laughs> signing it's like okay it's like everyone looks like the moon in the signings <laughs> Everyone looks like the moon. It's definitely the crop as well. And anyway, Melina is died. I talked for two minutes about that filter. We <laughs> we will obviously talk about Melina Ayres' departure, not from this planet, but from the great city of Melbourne. So let's move on to another team. Wheel, do the spin. <laughs> oh, we've got Adelaide, and Adelaide was Harrow's responsibility. So. Harrow, your two minutes begins. It sure was. Um, <clears throat> I went to have a look at the big question and <laughs> there wasn't a serious one in there. So I will make my own big question um, over Adelaide United, which is where do the goals come from? I think you look at this Adelaide United squad and you go, oh, my God, Fiona Wurtz is gone. I know she didn't have a great follow-up season last year, but, you know, we know the threat she poses. We know Chelsea Dorber's not there again. Um there's a lot of blanks in terms of their squad, a lot of late signings. I think they're going to be one of the teams that maybe pop up with one or two you know, just before the season starts. Um, I mean, some of the pieces are there to have a, a decent year. We know, sorry, we know the quality of Dylan Holmes. We know what Emily Condon can do, but she's sort of not been able to hit her straps between injury and illness the past couple of years. Um, Mariska Walters is always going to be a solid presence at centre-back. But, yeah, for me, it really is the question around where where do you get all these goals from? They're going to rely a fair bit across the park on a couple of their USA signings. It's, it's, this is really back to the future, Adelaide United, where you're like, ooh, it's going to hinge on what a couple of these Americans they've brought in can do. 
Um, Amelia Murray I like, Alana Genteski I like as well. She had some really nice flashes at Perth Glory last season, can can score a, a banger here and there. Um, but I think they are going to be quite homes dependent yet again. Uh, I think it, it could be a difficult season for them. The real positive we've seen that Adrian Stenter is now full-time at Adelaide, so it gives an opportunity to really invest in that program. Uh, the other thing is I think they'll be stinging a fair bit from I think they would have felt they underachieved last year. We all sort of tipped them to be right in that finals, if not, you know, silverware mix, and it, it really all sort of fell apart. Um, I think they can be sort of around that mid-table area. Finals, we're going to have to see a couple of these imports really, really shine and step up and do something special. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think it'll be another a season gone begging, to be honest. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure to put on players like Murray to, to come through otherwise. Sam? Good two-minute respect. Yeah, thing I don't. I, I don't. That is. I know. Why just a, just a second underneath it, Harry? Well done, efficient. I respect it. Um, yeah, I don't feel good about Adelaide this season. <laughs> I like you look. At this, you look at their squad and you're like, oh, okay. Like you, you, that kind of gives you a sense of how that's gonna. It's all gonna gel together. Um, I don't have any expectations for Adelaide. I think that will be. They'll be mid-table. And also because other squads have gotten better. Like they've recruited better. Um, they're coming off better sort of um, runs, I suppose, last season as well. They've got that kind of confidence and that wind in their sails. But if there is any sort of positive maybe to take from Adelaide, like I'm really looking forward actually to seeing um, Annie Haffenden. She's a young centre-back who was at Brisbane Raw last season and I thought she looked really um, mature and really accomplished when she was on the field. So it's going to be cool to see her alongside Mariska Waldis. Um, hopefully she's a, the, the, the Dutch player is going to sort of like be able to bring her under her wing and, and, you know, teach her a couple of good things. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I, I don't really see them doing very much. I just want to see some of the kids do well and that's about it. But yeah, we loved up. <laughs> it's, um, it's going to be a, a fun one for Adelaide. The longer season might prolong their misery rather than give them a shot, which is deeply unpleasant, but let's go back to the wheel. Really need some hold music here. Yeah, I know. I can edit it in post. We have Perth Glory, which is me. Oh, how exciting. Big day for me. Um, Perth Glory. So basically, let me turn on the timer. Perth Glory, our like big question when we were talking about it in our preview sort of thing was basically the Alex Aparkas Perth Glory project needs to come good this season. They had their COVID year where everything was all over the place. Um, The following season missed out on finals by a very, very small margin. They've always kind of been in there, around, almost, and everyone's been like, yeah, but no, we can see what they're building. We can see what they're building. This is the season they need to deliver. This is the season they need to play finals. I think they can. Um, I really like some of their signings. I like Grace Jarley. I like Izzy Dalton. I'm really excited to see her and how she fits into this Perth system. Um, they've got a couple of really exciting Philippines internationals as well, because we know Alexa Parkes was helping out with the Philippines women's national team. So through those connections has signed some really impressive players. You've got the same kind of core that have built over the last couple of years. So obviously like your Tash Rigby, your Liz Anton are your real kind of um, senior strong players. Hannah Lowry, 
we always know that she's going to do good things. Your Sophia Sakalis, your Susan Fonsonkam, we know what they can do. And I'm really hoping Claudia Mircic gets a really good run at things um, this season. But, yeah, it's basically just like, can they make finals? I think the extended final series will help their case because I'm pretty sure they've finished top six the last couple of seasons where they've almost made finals. And obviously this year, because everything is bigger and better, we do have a top six. So... I'm expecting them to make finals and to put it bluntly, if they don't make finals, I think it is a failure because we're kind of at the stage in their growth and progression where they need to start actually delivering and producing what we've kind of expected from them and what's um, been put forward as sort of like the next logical step in the plan and the process. So I'm excited. Ha ha. Um, I'm excited about Perth Glory. I do think they will make finals. And if they don't, I think it's a really bad look for the Glory, basically. Um, any additional thoughts on Pert? Uh, I'm just curious as to who they're going to have as their keeper because I feel like they may – I might be misremembering, but I feel like they were one of the teams last season who had to switch it up a little bit. But Sally James is headed over there and I would – I'm really keen to see her get more game time, but Morgan Aquino is also very, really solid. So, and as I we think, know, I, I think, think if Sally James go there, more important. If Sally James got to go there, being like, I'm going to be the number one keeper, right? Like she has to be at that point in her career. Like, sorry, Angela. Like, I agree. It was. I feel it was one of the things that really let them down as well. That's lack of stability. I didn't like it when the Tillies were doing it for a bit. I like when you have one one keeper who consistently does the thing. Shall we move on? Uh, speaking of the Philippines international signings, I'm actually really excited to see Quinley Quezada. Um, she's one of the best known, like most famous Philippine players on social media. She's like an absolute superstar. Um, but not many people, I think, have really seen her play sort of outside of World Cups. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm really keen to see her coming in to this front line, especially because I think kind of similar to Brisbane, there's a bit of a question about where their goals are going to be coming from. Uh, you've got Grace Jarley, who was a really, really good pickup for from Canberra. But outside of that, you know, you've got Millie Farrow, who's like an, uh, she's an international import from, um, from England, but you know, who knows what her kind of quality could be. So there's like a, yeah, there's a lot of questions I think for me about their front line as opposed to their midfield, which is just like 10,000 people. I don't really know how they're going to be able to sift through all of that and find the best combination. But um, hopefully they've had enough time in preseason, which has been six weeks this season, as opposed to four weeks last season to kind of find the best combinations of players. And I think Isabel Dalton is going to be absolutely crucial in everything that they do. She's a real quality player. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see how they figure that out. Two-minute timer made me panic, forget that one of the things I had noted down was basically how they replace Sierra Hinson is going to very much determine how they go about things because she really stepped up, especially when Riley Baisden went down with her knee injury last season. So if they can yeah. find some replacement for what Sierra Hinson brought up top, um, they'll be doing all right. But let's wheel. Let's wheel. It's the Mariners, which is me again. Do we want to listen to we're me again? <laughs> we're, we're wheeling up. again. Wheel, 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 wheel. Let's go. 
That's too much. Marissa. I love that we, we we picked we picked Wheel of Dub because we thought it would be more fair in terms of distributing the discussion fairly evenly amongst be, all four of us. To be fair, the yet- wheel isn't that smart. <laughs> the wheel is a wheel. The wheel has selected Newcastle, which is Angela. So, oh my gosh, Angela. Can I just grab another jumper? Sorry, it is freezing you in can. my room right now, and I've got big headphones on. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, wheel of Dub. <laughs> Oh, no. This is 100% going to end with me having all three of my teams at the end, isn't it? Like, it's going to be Sydney, Western Sydney, and then Western oh, United. Yeah. That's going to be it. Look, which is what we were trying to avoid with the wheel, so it's kind of funny. Exactly. This is how it's turned yeah. out. But it is, look, it's the wheel's fault. This is what we get for trusting a wheel, basically. But um, <laughs> Angela, Newcastle, your time begins yes. now. Um, now, okay. Um. You could say I just put on another jumper because I'm uh, about to be ice cold. Actually, I'm not going to be ice cold. But when I was preparing for this preview, I was just like, what? What is going on with Newcastle? Because I feel like there's just like, it feels like there's a lack of ambition with them in the dub. And that's kind of reflected, first of all, their squad this year, a lot of changeover. Um, And they have called up um, a lot of youngsters from kind of NPL and they have an academy. We will maybe talk about academies when we discuss Canberra United. Um, But they've also, just looking at their squad, it's like with Newcastle, you're either there forever or you're kind of like a good player. You do a season there and then you actually have your breakout season somewhere else. And it feels like a lot of like the kind of good things that have come their way have either been because they've been blessed with like locals who've wanted to stick around the club because they want to stay in Newcastle. So the likes of your Cass Davises, your Tara Andrews, who's retired, and that's going to be a big question for them, but we'll get to that in just one second. Um, Or, yeah, you get kind of players like when they had Emily Van Egmond recently, that was just like by fluke of her wanting to be with her family in Newcastle. And with their big signing this season, um, Melina Ayres coming over from victory. Great get for them, but it really does feel like she's ended up there because she likes to surf. And that was even in the presser. And I know Harris made jokes about that as well. So it kind of, some it just feels a little bit haphazard with Newcastle. It doesn't feel like they've got ambitions to actually be a team that wants to be in finals. And I really don't see how they're going to do that again this season. I think the perhaps more pertinent question is, are they going to be better defensively? Because they were the leakiest team last season. Um, and they still managed to finish, I think, third from the bottom, which is decent. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, Newcastle, what's going on there? Um, a big ins, uh, yeah, I would say. Oh, Libby Copas-Brown coming back um, to the dub, I'm really excited about. Actually, she she's, I guess, people mainly associate her with the Wanderers, but I think um, I'm excited to see her again. I think she's a great, great little midfielder. But um, aside from that, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Jets. I feel like there's a little bit of money ball from Gary Van Egg on there looking at the centre-back pairing. I think he's looked at Alex Hunt and he's looked at Tash Fryer, who come back to the league as players. You go, okay, I think they can both do a job at this level. Um, defensively, Gemma Simon, if she stays fit, it's not an ideal situation, right? You'd rather have some real, like, quality. You're not getting a Claire Hunt and Alana Chan. You're not getting those sorts of players. 
Um, can they start from that point and build out? I think that's what they'll hope. I think much like Adelaide, it'll be really dependent on how their internationals influence them, as it often is with Newcastle. So, yeah, again, I think it's going to be a lot going through Copas, Brown and Ayres. And then if their defence can hold out and push for mid-table, I think finals is going to, again, be a, a difficult one. Angela, I love so much that your description of Molina Rez was just she signed there because she likes to surf. And I was I was on mute, but I was laughing so much. And it, honestly, that I feel like really describes Newcastle's general vibe as well. Like this is a club that you signed for because you really want to live in Newcastle and go to the beach and have good weather. And you just like play a little bit of football on the side. Maybe that's why they don't feel like a serious club. <laughs> like no offense to any friends of the pod who are Newcastle fans out there, but you like it, you haven't felt like a serious club for a long time and maybe that's just that's just a, a Newcastle vibe I don't know but do, who cares you know you're living by the beach it's awesome yeah, I think that's the challenge out here <laughs> <laughs> no one seems it's it, that's the thing and no one seems like unhappy it doesn't yeah. seem too terrible like I know there's like issues around ownership and that kind of thing that I haven't bothered to pay attention to because it kind of seems boring but like it doesn't seem like a bad place to be I think that's the challenge for the club is, um, you know, Nova Caspian's pretty proud, is getting the club back to a place where Mm. you're proud to play for them and you want to be a real footballing team. I think when Craig Deans got that team into finals a few years ago, that was Mm. really impressive when you had with the men's team when they went in that run in 17-18. Like, it brings a lot of pride to the region because it's a pretty proud footballing region. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's funny. Players like to surf, but at the same time, they really need to get back up on their feet and they need to do something here because you've got the Mariners coming in as well, right? So, um, yeah, hopefully. Another team with the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> this ocean ain't big enough for the boat. So then what can Newcastle offer? What can they offer when they lose the ocean? Like, this ocean isn't else. big enough for the boat. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh, God, um, that's that's the wheel of dubs music. <laughs> anyway, I was just gonna say I'm really glad you mentioned 1718 because like that was the last time they made finals, and we're really at the point now where it's like as much as we all think 1718 was like two years ago, it was not. It's been a while, so um, something needs to. Happen. The progression of time really does come for us all. But uh, let's wheel. It's Sam's time. It's Sydney time. (laughs) Finally. Oh, my God. We got there in Um, the end. Right. Okay. We got there. Um, Better late than never, right, my friends? Your time starts now. Sydney FC come into this season as the, uh, the the champions and the premiers of last season. They but they literally did it all. Um, and so naturally, I think the next question is, can they do it again? Um, I am a little bit um, on the probably not side, and that's largely because of some of the players that they've lost in the offseason. Their big void at the moment is in midfield. They've lost Sarah Hunter and also Mackenzie Hawksby. And anyone who watched Sydney FC last season knows that those two players were like the the machines. They they connected everything all to all the time. And they were two of the most creative players as well in terms of assisting um, goal scorers. So their loss is is really big. And I don't think they've quite found the replacements just yet. I'm really looking forward to the return of Taylor Ray after she did her ACL. I think she's going to be a really big inclusion. But they don't seem to have any creative flair in midfield. They've got a lot of kids who are in there who've probably been part of sort of the 
train on train on squad or coming from the NPL, but there doesn't really seem to be any sort of um, clear standout creative player there. However, I do think that they're going to compensate for that by having an absolute stacked attack. They've got Shay Connors, who's come across from Brisbane Raw, and they've also got Fiona Wirtz, who won the Golden Boot two seasons ago with Adelaide. Um, so, yeah, and also obviously the return of Courtney Vine, Matilda's uh, superstar Courtney Vine, who I had the pleasure of chatting with at the A-League Women's Launch, and she was like, my life is weird now, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, so I'm like, I think Sydney will be in an – obviously they'll they'll make, they'll make finals, um, but whether or not they are able to go – back to back to back um, in either of the trophies is going to be a little bit more um, of, a, of a, a difficult one to answer, I think, depending on how other teams go. Who plays right back, Sam? Is it Margot Chauvet or do they put Tori Toomes in play at like three? Because I think Charlie Rule is going to be an underrated uh, loss for them. Clearly, Ante had a lot of faith in her. Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I think Margot Chauvet is a really clever signing. I think she's a very versatile defender coming across from the Wanderers um, and she's probably able to do both of those things. So, And as we've seen, like under Ante Juric, Charlie Rule went from being a centre forward to being a right back. So there's the possibility of being able to shuffle a whole bunch of pieces around and get something good out of them. Um, Sorry, also- Sam, you didn't answer it in the funniest possible way, which was Courtney Vaughan wing back. <laughs> I mean, maybe, Sorry, maybe who knows? Maybe Ante is playing five D chess with us all. But another another potential um, option there is Tori Chumeth, who comes across from Melbourne City as well. Um, so yeah, so th- there's a lot of different pieces. It's just about how uh, he stacks them all together. I don't think Ante expected to lose so many as he did. Like when you talk to all those Sydney players post grand final, because the Hawk was on a contract for another year. I think Sarah Hunter might have been. I think they might have. A pinch thought maybe we'll lose one of them, but when offers you can't refuse come in for both, that's where it really hurts. I mean, luckily yep. Taylor Ray is such a quality player. I, I agree with you, Sam. I'd love to see how she goes. Um, Holman as well is going to build. Um, I wonder if any of the various Dos Santos end up in midfield at all. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, but you, you can't actually go against Dante because he's got such a good record of bringing those players through and just slotting them in. So they're still going to be a contender. Yeah, that's why I think like the, the midfield question is the bigger one for me as opposed to the forward question where like the loss of Madison Haley is obviously a big one. She was really key for them last season. But as I mentioned, they've brought in so many forwards who have really proven goal scoring records, particularly at MPL level, that like, I, I think they'll be fine going forward. It'll Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. You heard it here first. Also, you respected the two minutes. I didn't actually have to put on, like the time didn't even go off. So well done to you. Um, <laughs> I was like, now I must do better than that. Um, let's wheel and find out if Harrow can do better than that. <laughs> it's Wellington. That's convenient because that is one of Harrow's teams. So, Harrow. It really is. The, Knicks. the big question. Oh. We, the Knicks. The big question. Will they finish last again? My answer is I don't know, but it's going to be difficult because um they've they have improved their squad to an extent i think um i love the story of riley foster who's come in the goalkeeper who has mounted this incredible comeback after a horrific car crash to get her career back on track it to be honest like you read the story and it looked all over for her career wise and she's fought back to get back a former liverpool goalkeeper this canadian to get her career back on track which is great um we know some of the pieces are otherwise there um 
for the Knicks, we like Mackenzie Barry um, and Kate Taylor. It's a solid sort of place to start your defence. Um, the losses are, are big. Losing Millie Clegg, I think, really hurts. Um, she was such a spark for them last season. Really excited, could make things happen. Um, the question, much like when I was saying with Adelaide, where are the goals going to come from? I, I struggle to see them scoring a lot. Um, what I do like is that they've managed to finally lure Annalie Longo. I know she had the knee injury as well in between it over to the Knicks. Um, I think they would have hoped she'd have been an inaugural signing. But, you know, as we saw at the World Cup, she's still got so much class, so much quality, so much experience. It's what she did with Melbourne Victory not that long ago. Um, I think she'll provide a really, really solid presence in the middle of the park. <clears throat> um, I really like Alyssa Winham. Her season was sort of affected a bit by injury last year, but when she's up and about, um, she's a really exciting player. Grace Wisniewski, um, we know that her, she's had her ups and downs with, with mental health, but when she's been able to be on the park, she's been a really exciting young player for them. So there's some quality in midfield. There's some solid foundations down back. We, I think the difficult thing is there's been such a lack of stability in terms of coaching changes sort of over and over. We've got Paul Temple in now. What will he be able to do? Can you get them playing some really um, cohesive and exciting football? Um, we know that with Wellington, there is also the fact that it is really a development team for New Zealand. So, you know, I'd love to see them challenge some good teams and really make a run at it, but I struggle to see it. That's it. I agree. I'm really interested about how the coaching thing affects affects the whole team because it is um, – I don't think anyone would have envisioned that they would have three coaches in, in as many seasons, like – when Wellington started, I felt like there was very much a vibe like, this is our coach, this is our team, this is our purpose, and this is what we're going to do. And it feels like it hasn't necessarily panned out on the coach front. But, yeah, hopefully there's not another wooden spoon for the Knicks in their future. Shall we wheel again? The Mariners. That's me. Oh, my God. How exciting. Um, the Mariners. The Central Coast Mariners. They return gloriously to the A-League women's. Let me turn on the bloody timer. The Mariners. So it's been 14 years since the Mariners took to the pitch in an A-League women's game. So what do we expect of this team? What can we kind of... Um, look forward to what any kind of like do we have any sort of indications of what this team might be like like I would argue no they are literally a giant walking question mark it's not the same as like the last team new team that entered the competition which was Western United um, where at least they had that core of Calder United of MPLW and there was kind of an understanding of like this is what they're gonna do these players know each other it's more about whether they can bring it to the next level. With this Mariners team, it's just like we've taken something from here and from here and we've put it all together and we're going to find out what kind of cake we've made. Obviously, the big signing here is Kaya Simon. We all kind of – I think there was a joke that, like, it would be nice to see Kaya return to the club she started um, her dub career at and then it came to fruition. So that was very exciting and very cool. Um, there's a lot of interesting players in terms of, like – they have 
A-League women's experience but maybe haven't played for a while or have sort of been fringe players at other teams. So really excited mm. to see like an Annabelle Martin back, excited to see like a Sophie Manadovic because we know that they're like known quantities in the dub. So what they can actually do at this team is going to be really interesting. I think the best thing the Mariners probably did barring Kaya to generate the hype is getting Sarah Langman because I think she's a sensational goalkeeper and if all else fails you know that Sarah Langman is probably going to pull out some saves and probably pull you out of some dicey situations so I think that's a really good signing I'm keen to see how M Husband does as a coach because we know that she's another one of those MPL to A-League women pathway Mm. people so we hope that that's a kind of consistent positive pathway for coaches but yeah basically I'm just like I don't know what to expect from these Mariners, but I am excited to find out. There are a couple of players who I am so, so stoked who are at the Central Coast Mariners, and part of it is due to M Husband. Um, Her involvement with Sydney University over the MPL season meant that she was able to form relationships with a number of players, including Bianca Galich, and luring her from Canberra is like, yeah, and Western Sydney, like she is an absolute superstar. She is coming up the ranks of the national teams. Everyone raves about her. She's going to be really, really exciting. And another young player to keep an eye on is Peter Tremis. No one really outside of New South Wales knows who she is. She's becoming through the Bulls Academy in uh, in the MPL New South Wales. And she's also part of now the, the junior national team programs too. She's really, really good. She's an absolute weapon. And, yeah, like these these players, alongside Isabel Gomez, who they managed to lure from Wellington, like these are some smart signings. I'm, I'm really um, impressed by the way that Central Coast have gone about this because they could have gone sort of down the Wellington Phoenix road, being a new, a new uh, you know, quote-unquote new team um, and basically just lured a, like swept up all the all the locals really from sort of the northern north sydney central coast gosford newcastle-ish sort of areas but they've been ambitious they've gone out and they've snatched a whole bunch of really talented players and it's yeah it, it bodes really well for them going forward i think i'm excited to see what and apologies if i get the pronunciation wrong Wurugamula can do the chinese international the name is mongolian um has played recently for china like i think that's a pretty cool signing of a forward 27 years old, so a good age profile for a, a new team coming in. I'm, I'm just excited for a player that I haven't really watched. I just, when I was looking down the team, I was, I was like, that's a cool signing. Um, mostly played in China, to be honest. So we haven't really cited us. So I'm actually going to be interested to see how, how that goes. I think we will all watch with plenty of excitement because we don't get to see new teams very often obviously their inclusion is a big part of the reason or a huge factor in the fact that we have the longer season and all of that kind of stuff so cannot wait but let's move along let's wheel again (laughs) Canberra Angela it is your time to shine you have two minutes to be a Canberra enough and I'm going to spend 30 seconds panicking and trying to find my spreadsheet. Um, Canberra enough time. I can do that. I can do that. I don't need a spreadsheet. Um, yeah, Canberra, I guess one of the, the questions for them, can they get back to finals? They've kind of, again, sort of a bit more convincingly than, say, a Brisbane or a Perth, I think, have come kind of close. They had that, you know, last-minute result last season that saw them miss out by just like a hair, basically. But there's been... It, it, yeah, it's it's going to be remiss to not mention that there's been a lot happening kind of 
I wouldn't say behind the scenes, it's been quite public in terms of capital football and the governance of Canberra United and kind of the axiom of Canberra Academy. So in that context, I feel like we won't see the impact of that this season. Um, Nagosh Popovich has managed to keep quite a good core to this squad. Um, Laura Hughes is a big loss for them I'll say that and in terms of their midfield that's the area that they're looking pretty sparse I think in terms of like if if we're going to see the same kind of style of football that they played last season they do you know tend to rely a bit more on playing direct playing with speed you've got the speedy wingers and in players like Hayley Taylor Young, Nikki Flannery, um, Milivojevic coming back for another season I think It'll be really exciting to see what she does. And in terms of like, I guess a big addition to their attack is Kote Rojas. So she initially played for them when she came to the dub. I think it was like four seasons ago. They were her first club. Um, She did get a lot of minutes at City last season, but how she kind of combines with Michelle Heyman is going to be kind of the exciting thing there. And I do think that she does offer something a little bit more than just, yeah, that, that kind of. I guess the attacker I associate with Cambria United, who's very speedy but doesn't necessarily have um, that creative creativity and the, I don't know the Roomba-like qualities of a Cote Roja. So yeah, really excited for her. Um, and yeah, it seems like it, it's just kind of been heads down, bums up for them, and just plodding along. And Popovich and team trying to do a good job with what they have. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for them, but I don't think they'll be making finals because I think, again, like you said earlier, Sam, like other teams have gotten better. Um, and, yeah, that midfield, they don't have midfielders. It's going to be interesting there. Sorry, I'm still stuck on Roomba-like quality. <laughs> an, an all-time descriptor. I think the thing – it's a great descriptor. I think the thing for Canberra – that most interests me is actually what happens off the field. Um, You sort of gestured towards it there, Angela, that there's a lot of drama happening with capital football at the moment. And it's a pretty well-known, I think, fact by this point that they don't want to be running Canberra United anymore. Um, And from the noise that has been coming out of the APL, um, there's going to be a men's team that is coming in um, to join Canberra United at some point in the next two seasons. And whether that therefore means that their club is taken out of the hands of Capital Football, who only have um, a, a pretty small budget because they also have to run NPL and Kanga Cup and a whole bunch of other competitions and is sold to a private enterprise, um, that's going to be the thing that really determines the fate, I think, of Canberra. Um, it'll be really interesting to see the kind of buyers that they're able to find for this club. I I would really love to see like an Angel City type of situation where there's sort of a conglomerate of people who um, are really passionate about the Canberra United story, about the history of the club, about the culture of the club, about how trailblazing they've been in lots of ways for women's football in Australia. But whether or not that happens this season, next season, I know that's, the, that's the big question. But I think that that, that off-field stuff um, we've seen in the past that off-field situations have affected Canberra on the field. So I think keeping an eye on what's happening in the background of capital football and Canberra is, is probably a smart move for everybody to really get a sense of why things are happening on the field the way that they are. At the same time, though, I think it does seem like the this 
the returning players in the squad from last season really got around like Popovich and they did seem quite united in that front. So maybe that can be something that like brings them together, not to be like, I don't know, remember the Titans-esque, but yeah, like that could be, that will be not not so much a benefit, but maybe a, a layer of protection in a situation like this. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be an interesting one, but let's move along. We've got three teams left, so let's wheel. Why am I saying let's spin? That makes so much more sense than let's wheel. Anyway, doesn't matter. Let's wheel a deal, baby. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's Western United. It's Sam. Yes! You have two Minutis. So the big question for Western United, this is well, two big questions. One is, can they back up what was a pretty remarkable debut last season, finishing second, getting all the way to the grand final uh, and and performing pretty well throughout that? And, you know, they led the league for a good chunk of, of last season as well. They came in with a with a really good solid core of players who'd been developed together at MPL level with Calder United. They were able to scatter a bunch of really talented players in amongst that squad, including Hannah Keane, who won the Golden Boot, uh, also back this season, which is really important for them. Um, Can they go and do it again? Can they go one step further? Can they finish first? Um, I think that's one of the, one of the big questions, a really important inclusion, as has been mentioned previously is Grace Ma. Uh, she comes across from Canberra United. I think she's going to be, she was very much underutilized, I think, at Canberra last season, um, but could form a really significant role in, in this in this midfield. Their midfield really, um, like, impresses me. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing here. And I also am really excited about the return of Chloe Legazzo, who um, still sort of coming back from an injury, um, made a couple of appearances here or there last season, but you know, she was the big marquee signing for them. She was the big Matilda who put a, a, a sort of a, a face on, onto that team. So, yeah, I think those two players in particular are going to be um, really great, as is Catherine Zimmerman, who's come across from Melbourne Victory to join her call the teammates. I think that's a really important um, signing as well. But aside from that, the other big question is actually about Mark DeCasso, the coach. In the offseason, it was announced that he is going to be uh, splitting his time between Western United and the Philippines, the women's national team. Um, how he balances or juggles those two roles, I think, is going to be really curious, especially as women's football is getting to a point now where um, managers at, for both club and country are expected to be full time. Um, obviously, that's not quite the case with either of these uh, groups. Uh, I don't know what kinds of um, agreements have been made between the two of them, whether there's some kind of player sharing scenario going on there. Or what, what, what Mark Tocasso's um, ambitions are, whether he's kind of using club football to step up into national team levels. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Sam, I'm going to disappoint you because I don't think Grace Ma at least is going to start the season in midfield. Um, based on Western United's friendly, she'll be starting as a centre-back alongside ah. Chen, as a, they So they can have a ball-playing central defensive pairing with Sydney Cummings leaving. Um, yeah, which I found really interesting because when I saw Grace Marston, I was like, midfield, creativity, I think is something they lacked at times last season, you know, real workhorse midfield, especially with the two Tarantos and Rovers. I thought Mark coming in would provide that creativity and ability to unlock defence. Yeah. There's something which we saw they struggled to do against Sydney FC in the grand final, for example, right? Yep. So it's a bit of robbing Peter to pay Paul, I suppose, that you get that um, really solid, smart, 
creative centre-back in Grace Ma, but I think you do lose a lot of a lot of what she can offer through midfield by doing that. Um, it is good news on Kylie Lagarza. She played 20 minutes against Victory on the weekend, so she's building some minutes, which is really exciting. She's had such a rough run with injuries the last couple of years, and I agree with you that if they're going to do anything really special this season, then they are going to need her to do some special things. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they stick with the Mar at centre-back thing for the whole season. I agree. I like the Zimmerman move. I think that was good for club and player. Um, she had the injury as well last season at Victory. But it just the, the partnership, maybe, I don't want to say it looks stale, but it just wasn't clicking the way it had. And I think sometimes a fresh start from both parties can be good. And Mark Torcaso's coached her a lot at Calder. She's played with a lot of these players before. They've also lost Angie Beard. So that's a, a fair player to lose from your defence and to have to cover. Tyler J. Blanich is a good left back at this level, though, so they've got a bit of cover there. Um, and, yeah, goalkeeping-wise, it'll be interesting to see how they how they go because Hillary Bill was so big for them. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to go again, I think. Um, I'm keen to see how Churn plays because I think she had a really good first season and she's been in young Matilda since. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be really difficult to back up. They're, they just started last season with Jess McDonald so well, and it's unrealistic to expect that sort of bubble again. I think it's going to be a, a bit more of a slog that they should still be in that finals mix, though. Yeah, you know how like, there's the cliche about like a new manager bounce when like a new a new coach comes in and the team suddenly like performs really well because it's just kind of like the the like, I don't know the, like the energy wanting to impress all that sort of stuff. That's and the unknown. And the unknown. That's how I felt about them last season. It's like mm-hmm. that was your new season bounce, and now this is actually like okay, we've settled now. You're you're part of the system. This is how it all goes. So whether they can still kind of do something in the way that they did last season. Yeah, I think that's sort of the big question for Western. It's going to be fun. I do think they'll play finals. I think they'll play finals and I think they will do well. But that is just my humble opinion. Let's find out what the wheel thinks about our next team to talk about. (laughs) I'm so tired. I'm so sorry. All right. It's City, which is Harrow. Big question on Melbourne City. Is this the season they can finally fulfil their potential and all they've been working towards and get some silverware? I think yes, um, mostly because this is a largely consistent squad um, and the inclusions that they've brought in really excite me. Getting Rebecca Stott back as captain, centre of defence, fantastic. Um, new goalkeeper, Canadian, interested to see how she goes. Um, Laura Hughes, great pickup for mine. Um Looking at this team last year, there's two factors. One, you had the coaching change partway through the year and from Rado to Dario Vidicic. And the other thing was I feel like the wheels not fell off but squeaked a bit once um, Leah Davidson got injured because she was so pivotal to the way they played early in the season. Just did all the grunt work in midfield but could also be creative, just ran all day. was fantastic. And I think um, bringing in Hughes, who's another player who has those attributes, is really exciting. I'll be interested to see how they actually pair those players um they, they, they're actually stacked in terms of their riches um attack we know what they've got um Hannah Wilkinson um obviously that weird situation with the New Zealand send-off I'm not sure if I don't know if that actually affect her club football at all if anything it will mean she's available more but it's how Holly McNamara goes with a full pre-season under her belt actually getting to play week in week out which is something she's not done in her career yet um if she's not one of the best players in the league already will surely be at that that hype come season, and that's really exciting for me. They've got a 
yeah, as I said, a stacked attack. Daniela Galic should only get better. We saw those glimpses of what sort of player she can be last season. And with another preseason, another more games under her belt, should get better. Polisina, we know what she can do. Briley Henry, I think, will be a player with a bit of a point to prove after falling in and out of favour last year. But what I really like about them is just they have quality across every line. Their midfield is stacked. They've got two McKennas now, which is pretty cool. They've got the creativity in players like Gallage and Polisina. You've got the raw pace and ability with someone like a, a McNamara. Wilkinson is a good finisher, whether they start her or use her off the bench. And particularly that defence, it, it, to me, it's all the pieces are there. It's just executing from here. And Stott in particular is huge um, in running the show. They've got maturity. Um, Caitlin Torpy obviously provides a lot of run out wide. Um, it would be interesting to see if they pair Chinema with Stott or how that sort of plays out. They lost Katie Bowen, who was a good player from last mm-hmm. season. But on the whole, I, I really like what they've put together. Um, and it does feel like they've got all the ingredients to go and do something really special. It's kind of just lying in their hands now and, yeah, not losing any key players. Is this the first season that we've had where we've had three pairs of sisters playing for three different clubs? This is a – maybe this is a an Andy Howe Stato Absolutely an Andy Howe question. I couldn't tell you the top of my head. Because we've got – we've now got the, the DeSantoses at Sydney. We've got the Tarantos at Western. And as you've just mentioned there, Harry, we've also got the McKennas at City. I don't know if we've ever had this before. This feels really cool. I'd be but- interested to see how much both McKennas play because Letitia McKenna um, struggled with injuries, but when she did play, it looked really impressive. But that City midfield is pretty, pretty stacked. I think we'll be sending out the tweet to Andy Howe because – that is a, a question right up his wheelhouse on the sisters. Um, but, yeah, I I agree. I'm really excited because they do have a lot of really young players, so I'm really excited to see what they can actually produce this season. I think having Stoddy is always – it's almost like that safety net of, like, the same way I was describing with, like, Sarah Langman at the Mariners. You know Stoddy's going to clean up a mess. Stoddy's going to fix things. Stoddy's going to patch a hole. So really excited to see her and to see what they can do. We've got one final team, so we're going to do a a spin, even though there's only one possible team. (laughs) And it's the Wanderers. Who would have thunk it? Oh, wow. Who would have thunk it? Samantha, that is your team. (laughs) It's all yours. Okay. So unless you've been living under a rock over the past two weeks, the uh, the big cry, the uh, the next big crisis unfolding at the Western Sydney Wanderers is their coaching situation. Ten days out from the start of the league, um, the Wanderers quote unquote parted ways with Cat Smith, who was there last season. I thought did pretty well, particularly towards the back end of the season. It sound it seemed like they really started to gel all those players and they got some really important results as well. Uh, it seemed like there were really good vibes, you know, they, the club seemed like they trusted her. She was allowed to bring in a whole bunch of new players, including Millie Clegg from um, Wellington Phoenix, which was a really important signing. But then she left and the club hasn't explained why. Um, there are some rumours that there was some sort of backroom um, difficulties between Smith and some of the other coaches um, it's not known whether she left or whether she was fired. I don't know if we're ever going to get an explanation about any of this stuff. 
Um, but it's a real shame because Cat Smith was one of the only woman coaches who were left in the dub, um, and now it's 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 she's been replaced by Robbie Hooker. Who um, look, uh, shout out to uh, one of the eagle-eyed Twitter users who discovered that Robbie Hooker's most recent coaching CV was coaching uh, his sons in the under twelves uh, grassroots league where he lives. Um, there was a video that was posted after a members forum where Robbie Hooker was asked, does he pay attention to the dub? And he said, not really. So, um, yeah, not really great signs from Western Sydney coming into this season, replacing a, a pretty respected and, and um, well, you know, well-seasoned coach who got some good results um, from a young squad last season and now replacing her with someone that doesn't seem to really care about the thing that he's stepping into. Um, had the process behind that. I don't know what that was or who chose him or where he came from. It's all up in the air. And that's, you know, it's, 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 it's frustrating at this point, you know, like Western Sydney, you have so many resources under your belt. You've got a great training facility. You've got one of the biggest player pools in the country and you just continue to fuck it up by doing all this stuff behind the scenes. So I haven't had any time to talk about players. I think there are some really good players who've been brought on board this season, but it's all been eclipsed by this absolute chaos and I can't really be bothered talking about anything else. And how are those players meant to be fairly judged at this point anyway, right, Sam? Like exactly. if they're, they're going to come in on behind the eight ball because there's been this upheaval. Like I mentioned before with Wellington, Millie Clegg left Wellington to go to Western Sydney. You, you'd think thinking she can take that, that next step in her career and then – you know, 10 days out from the season, yeah. there's upheaval. So, yeah, I feel, I feel for because, as you said, there were some really exciting players at the Wanderers, but it's going to be really – it is just such an unknown how they're going to respond to this and how they're going to handle this. And you, you feel for – yeah, if, if anything, it's going to take time to bed whatever they want to do down. And, you know, even though it's a longer season, it might be too late by the time they figure it out. So – does it end up being another wasted season? You'd hope not, but the early signs aren't good, eh? Yep. And there's been there's been quite a lot of squad turnover as well from last season. And the thing that's frustrating is that like Cat Smith would have made those decisions strategically and she would have had a vision for the kind of squad that she wanted to build. She obviously had, was given the permission to to sign a whole bunch of new players in order to fit those pieces of the puzzle together. And now you've got a brand new person coming in and has to try and work with that. Like it's I don't yeah, it, it doesn't bode well for the way that they're going to go. It's similar sort of to, to Adelaide maybe and then also in some ways to probably Brisbane and Canberra. Like I, I just want to see some of their young players do well. They've got some really talented young players. They've got Alexia Postolakis, who's going to be absolutely a future Matilda's centre-back. Um, they've got, you know, Millie Clegg as well, who's going to be a really important signing for them. I think one of maybe the only uh, sort of shining attacking weapons that they've got. Um, and they've got Beth Gordon as well, who I thought was really impressive for um, for the Wanderers last year in midfield um, and has had a really good season with the MacArthur Rams. So, yeah, there's, there are a couple of – Ishia Brooking as well as someone who I've heard some really good noise about. She's a scholarship player, so whether or not she plays very much is a question. But apparently she's, um, she's, she's really highly rated as well at MPL level. So, like, they've got some good players, but, like, if this is going to be their first or second season in the dub and this is the, going to be their experience of it, you know, that's this is the kind of moment in their careers and in their lives where, they, you know, you can make or break a person's passion for the game, you know, and, and it can set them off on a completely different course and potentially delay their development by a couple of years. So I don't know. Hopefully this is all just doomsday talk and that's actually hopefully things are going to be fine. Fingers crossed things are going to be fine and they're going to um, push forward and 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 make the best out of a bad situation. I really hope that that's the case, but historically Western Sydney Wanderers have not been any good at this. So, 
fun times in the dub is what I say to that. Um, we have been speaking for over an hour, but I think it would be remiss of us to not just have a quick chat about the fact that this is the first season, um, not only with 12 teams, not only full home and away, it's obviously the first season post Women's World Cup, post that magical, unbelievable month of football where everything was Matilda's and nothing else mattered. Um, so I would love your takes, your thoughts, your opinions on how we actually, whether that be translate, how do we kind of keep the glow from the World Cup onto the dub? Like, how do we sort of approach the dub with the giant World Cup afterglow looming over it, if that made any sort of sense? It's on the administrators to really get this right, yeah? Like, I think Elise Keller Knight summed it up during the World Cup. Um, things like victory play at the home of Matildas is a positive step. Things like teams advertising memberships and getting membership records is really exciting. I, but I think what we've got to see is we've got to see the product deliver on the field. We've got to – we know the players are going to be doing everything they can to make it the best it can be. Um, the players that I'm sure Sam would have spoken to at the launch as well would have said the same thing. They want to ride this wave of momentum. It's on the clubs and administrators to promote these games, to ensure they're on at good times, to ensure that um, they're forward thinking so we don't have situations like players um, getting heat stroke in the middle of the afternoon, games at night when they need to be, advertising. Um, I think a lot of clubs deserve credit for their recruiting and bringing some Matildas back to the, to the league. It, it's just taking the good things that the league has got and driving it forward. I think that has to be done. Um I think some teams have made, as I said, some good steps in terms of their recruiting, in terms of play, moving to consistent locations. It's just making sure people know these games are on and really pumping up their value. When the big moments happen, being quick to put them on social media, being quick to share. If Courtney Vine scores a banger. Actually, Sydney FC have been very good at this traditionally, getting it out there quickly, right? Like it's, it's being switched on and ready to go. And hopefully the league has um, a plan in place to, to make that happen because it's what they deserve. And to be honest, that's what people are crying out for. So I think there's room there to capitalise on this and really take momentum forward. But everyone has to be pushing, like, on the same page and putting the effort in to drive it forward. We can't just have text Twitter updates from games and very little else happening. It has to be um, showcased in the league as to what it can be. Yeah, the, the the good stuff has to vastly outweigh the bad stuff this season. Like I'm I don't want to talk about broadcast bungles. I don't want to talk about heat policy failures. I don't want to talk about uh, a, a crappy ground where it's got two cameras and the field looks like it hasn't been watered in years. I don't want to be talking about this stuff anymore. We've talked about it for ages and it needs to be fixed now because this is the season that so many more people are going to be paying attention to this sport. And if they see something that's semi-professional, if they see something that's not being taken care of seriously, they see something that's subpar, they're not going to come back. They're going to think that this is a, like a farmer's league and they're not going to to hang around. So this is the this is the this is the moment. This is the only chance that we've got, right? You only have one shot at capitalizing on a World Cup. This is the season to do it. So we have to like, yes, there are gonna be some issues. Of course there are. Nothing is perfect, but it's how they respond to those issues and the the way in which they, uh, as you said, Harrow, really lean into the good stuff 
but like the players, as always, give everything. They do as much as they possibly can within the constructs of this league in order to bring promotion, to bring excitement, to bring drama, to bring goals. They they have done everything already. It's about all of the people around them now that have the responsibility to maximise that. And if they don't do it, I'm going to be so mad and I'm going to yell a lot. So <laughs> that's it. It's not like you. Yeah. I know. So out of character for me. Yeah. Just be nice to not be embarrassed, I feel. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. in the past it's been like when stuff has gone tits up, you, you know, it's like, oh, it's a dub, you know, and it's like, well, we don't, we can't be doing that anymore, you know, like, and it's not, I'm not suggesting that uh, it, it hasn't been, compl- it's not complacency from fans and followers who've been disappointed in those situations. It's more just like, well, what can you do? But yeah, uh, we've got, I'm just aware of, yeah, we've got so many new friends with us now mm-hmm. who will be wanting to come along for the ride and I just don't, yeah, I just don't want to get questions where it's like, you, you know, when someone asks you a question, they're like, oh, why is that like this? And you're like, I, um, I wish I could tell you why, <laughs> but, um, I, I really don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just yeah. the way it is. None of that. No more embarrassment. Uh, yeah. Let's just, I, I hope that we can, the dub could be something that we're all, you know, yeah. Proud of, mm. um, not just yeah what the players put in as you say sam um because we're always proud of that but like yeah the whole thing to be like yeah this is a this is our a-league women's and it's a it's a good thing and it's a it's a great product i don't want to be in meme league anymore (laughs) save the memes for the on-field chaos there will always be on-field chaos like none of the other stuff advertising boards (laughs) yes (laughs) Exactly. Just a giant Liberty financial hoarding going down under the weight of a giant <laughs> Michelle Heyman or something. You know what I mean? Just like, that's what we want. Um, but no, it's going to be, that's the thing. It's going to be a fun season. It's always a fun season. There's always good football. There's always fantastic stories. So we obviously can't wait to talk to you about it every week for 22 weeks. 22 weeks? Insanity. Plus. Plus, that's not even including finals. Plus finals. I'm not good at math. Um, but no, it's going to be a, a year. Whoa. That's, wow, that blew my tiny mind. Um, that's, that's our preview. Done. Like we said, there might be some stuff that happens in the last couple of days, uh, the next couple of days, but it'll be fine. You'll read about should, it. Should we have a quick one and done? Who's going to win it? Melbourne City. With me. There, you can't think about it. You just got to say. There we go. All right. Go. Sam, go. Sydney FC. Angela, go. Victory. Ooh, spicy. Um, Marissa. Uh, I don't like any of the options. Um, <laughs> don't get to think. Sydney. Do. Sydney. I don't believe it. I just said never it. Ri- never write off Sydney. It's a good approach. I don't know. I went for a bold approach, but you might have gone for the smart one. Who knows? A team in blue. Make of that what you will. Anyway, Newcastle Jets. Incredible. <laughs> and but only that's not a fan of us, as Marissa would say. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, that's our preview. 
done. We will be talking to you throughout the season and we absolutely cannot wait every week to check in to talk dub it's going to be a lot of fun obviously we've got matilda's olympic qualifiers coming up so we will talk about those as we get closer to them there's plenty of good stuff around so we will be back weekly with you to talk about all things women's football and we can't wait as always though we are over on espn.com.au and the espn app you can find us on spotify apple google podcast is apparently dying so sorry if you listen on google Podcasts. um but you can find us elsewhere everything will be okay um if you want to have a chat to us we're at the far post pod on all social media what did i do wrong it's moving to youtube music Oh, okay. Uh, no one cares. Sorry. <laughs> YouTube music. You can find us there as well. Um, but yeah, if you want to chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, go dub, go wheel, see us. Go wheel. <laughs> <laughs>